0: 2014, Gigi Hadid was the it girl. Bella Hadid had started her own modelling career and Yolanda was a real housewife star. But with a DUI, Munchausen's allegations and a high-profile divorce, all was not well in the Hadid family. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, hello.
1: Hi. This is part two of four where we are covering all the many scandals, Mish, of the Hadid family. And boy, it's been a ride already.
0: It has. In episode one, we spoke about Yolanda's upbringing and her Dutch tough persona. She's hardworking, or at the very least, she really values being perceived as hardworking.
1: Yeah, I think that is a huge badge of honour for her, not just to be seen as a hardworking person but also quite a busy person. Like the most busy, the most The most of anything, I think, that she goes through. Now, of course, Yolanda was married to the extremely successful businessman Muhammad Hadid. He is the father of her three children, Gigi, Bella and Anwar. His issues, though, with infidelity did cause their marriage to end, according to Yolanda, but she did speak quite... Respectfully and generously of him, I think, considering he did cheat on her. She said, yeah. you know, in our last episode, well, she didn't say it we quoted her book where she said he's a great father he's a great son he's a great friend he wasn't a great husband yeah he
0: wasn't a a faithful husband they're really firm friends she's awfully pragmatic about it she really likes him as a person but he strays he strays from relationships yeah correct Muhammad was the one to introduce Yolanda to her second husband the Grammy award-winning composer David Foster we learned a lot about their relationship when Yolanda joined the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast in 2012. Yeah,
1: now as you'll understand in the show, viewers met Gigi in particular as a kind of background character. As we told you in episode one, some scenes between mother and daughter were controversial and toxic and racist too. They went from Yolanda insinuating that female sports fans were lesbians to making racist comments about the shape of Gigi's eyes and pushing pretty harmful diet rhetoric onto her teenage daughter. It's quite wild to watch back, isn't
0: it? Yeah, for sure. As we told you at the end of that episode, Gigi's dynamic with her mother was interesting to say the least, but it was also hitting screens at a time when she was really hitting her stride in her career. She wasn't just becoming a world famous model, she was also becoming an it girl celebrity too. Zara, we're going to rewind back to 2013 because Gigi Hadid is really becoming famous.
1: (laughs) Alrighty, Mish. So in 2013, while her mum was the star of a mammoth TV franchise, Gigi Hadid was fast becoming the most sought after and recognised member of the Hadid family. she just signed a deal with IMG, which was a pretty renowned international modelling agency that was home to Miranda Kerr and Chrissy Teigen, among so many others. Her early work with guests was also beginning to see Gigi make a pretty impressive name for herself.
0: Yeah, Gigi's dating life as well had started making headlines She was actually in an on-again, off-again relationship with the then-tween heartthrob icon, Cody Simpson. Yeah, Uh, now at this point, Cody Simpson
1: was a certified teen heartthrob whose pop music career was pretty steadily on the rise. He had gained an audience online after posting several acoustic covers of songs like I'm Yours by Jason Braz. Do you remember that song? Oh,
0: what a, like... Just transports me back.
1: Yeah, and Crimea River by Justin Timberlake. (laughs) By 2013, he had signed with Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Braun. In that same year, he supported Justin on his European Believe Tour. Don't think it's wild of me to say that Cody Simpson was definitely looked at as like a baby Bieber.
0: Yeah, the blonde version of Justin Bieber version and i remember australians were so excited we were about proud this. we don't have a lot every <laughs> time every time we talked about him on radio not you and me i mean anyone spoke about him on radio they threw in the justin bieber reference for sure oh absolutely now according to an interview
1: with teen vogue cody's first glimpse of Gigi was her ad campaign with guess Speaking to the publication, he said, My friend and I drove past a guest store and I was immediately infatuated with this chick. She looked beautiful. My friend kind of knew her and he said, Do you want me to introduce you?
0: I did. Gigi and Cody's relationship was on and off from 2013 to about 2015, but it was extremely high profile kind of the entire time. For example, Gigi starred in Cody's music video for his song, Surfboard, in 2014. We're going to put a very quick snippet of that song here for you because it's really something. She on my surfboard, board, go ride it. surfboard. I can't tell you how long that has been in my head after we started (laughs) researching this. Now, the couple apparently, when they were filming this music video for Surfboard... According to reports, they were so in love that the crew had to tell them to stop kissing when the cameras (laughs) can't. Oh, isn't that sweet? Now,
1: Gigi and Cody also posed for fashion photographer Mario Testino's Towel Series, which featured celebrities like Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, Lily Aldridge, Kendall Jenner and more posing in a white towel or a white dressing gown. Now, the black and white photo of these two shows Cody standing with his arm around Gigi's waist. There's sort of a white towel right wrapped around their lower bodies and Gigi is wearing another towel wrapped around her hair. Both Cody and Gigi aren't wearing anything except the towels. It's like definitely a suggestive pic. For sure. And it's pretty hot. It shows kind of how iconic and
0: it they were at this time. Like it is quite the crew to be a part of this series. They look amazing. They look so hot in this photo and I actually think choosing to collab with Mario Testino was a great decision for their brand. Because Mario Testino, yes, he works with a bunch of celebrities, but I think if you get his stamp of approval that you're worthy of a photo shoot, you're all the upper echelon of celebrity. Yeah, you're a bit more it. Now back
1: to Yolanda for a second, because when we last spoke about Yolanda's health journey, we told you about the 90-day course of intravenous antibiotics she went through in 2012. Well, the antibiotics didn't actually work for her. So in early 2013, she flew with her best friend, Paige, to a medical retreat in Florida to try more treatment.
0: Yeah, look, we're going to be really honest, guys. We have to move fairly quickly through Yolanda's pursuit for a cure because this pursuit spans years. So for the next little bit, we'll try and hit all the really significant points in her health story, particularly when it comes to the more concerning treatments that Yolanda has tried and promoted. Yes, but as you say, we can kind of only do what we can, yes. here, or else we could do another four episodes
1: on it. The medical retreat in Florida is called Spinogal, and according to the New York Post, Yolanda spent about thirty thousand USD on experimental treatments there, including IV drips, colonics, coffee, enemas, chiropractic adjustments, and a large number of supplements. While well, she said it made her feel a bit better at the time, she still wasn't cured, Mish.
0: Yeah, she then decided to go to Switzerland with her husband David in September 2013 to try another clinic. There she underwent three weeks of Lyme-focused procedures while David spent a week for general upkeep treatments. The New York Post estimated that Yolanda spent somewhere between 30000 and 40000 at this Swiss clinic. She spent that on IV infusions, something called ozone therapy, of form of acupuncture called neural therapy, and intentional hypothermia, in which Yolanda was put into a heated chamber with the belief that the heat would kill off the viruses in her body. Yolanda said that these treatments did not work. I think we also need to point out the bleedingly obvious. These are very natural alternative therapies.
1: Yes. As her quest for a cure continued, Yolanda noted that her castmates on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had not been as supportive as she would have hoped. Writing in her memoir, she said... I clearly felt the lack of compassion from this group of women. They were my co-workers on a reality TV show, which although it may have seemed more glamorous and interesting, it was no different from a job at a bank. I did not view them as close friends because I was not intimate with them in any aspect of my life.
0: Mm. Following her treatment in Switzerland, Yolanda tried a treatment called transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS to try and combat her brain fog. Now that was at the UCLA Medical Center. Yolanda said she felt some positive effects of the treatment but that it didn't last next up she paid a visit to Richard Helfrick, who has written several books on nutrition he set her up with no less than 150 supplement pills per day 150 pills per day Yolanda kind of dove headfirst into this treatment despite it costing thousands of dollars a month but then resigned herself to believing that didn't work either
1: Not long after this, Yolanda headed to Bali for a holiday and it was there that she ended up trialling psilocybin mushrooms which can in some cases treat mental health issues like depression and OCD. Now, it's not really clear whether Yolanda thought this would treat her chronic Lyme disease, but she did give it a go anyway. Now, around April 2014, she then made the journey to Tijuana in Mexico to undergo an embryonic stem cell treatment with a guy named William Radar. In her book, she described Mexico as a place where doctors can practice freely without being limited by the FDA.
0: So we're, we're now officially in very murky waters. Like she's heading... I mean officially, yes. Yeah, she's heading to Mexico for embryonic stem cell treatment, she's essentially implying with that quote that doctors should be able to practice freely without the limits of the FDA. Well, at the very least, those are the kinds of doctors that she's intentionally wanting to seek out. And then putting in her book. Yes, correct. And writing about. Now, according to the LA Times, William Radar's medical license was revoked by Californian authorities due to medical negligence, professional misconduct and false or misleading advertising. Yolanda said that she felt some lift in her energy levels after The embryonic stem cell treatment, but it did not last. Now, Yolanda, as we know, wasn't the only member of the family who believed that they were struggling with chronic Lyme, or what they refer to as chronic Lyme. A teenaged Bella Hadid was also reportedly struggling with the same illness.
1: Correct. By this point in the timeline, so it's 2014, Bella Hadid was 17 years old. She was being homeschooled through her final year of high school. And in a profile with Vogue US, she confirmed that her symptoms actually began when she was in 8th grade. The publication wrote, Bella began having a mix of physical and psychiatric symptoms including brain fog, anxiety, exhaustion, poor focus, headaches, bone pain and crying spells. Some of which may have emanated from Lyme disease from which her mother and brother also suffer. You may also remember from our last episode that Bella was also struggling with disordered eating throughout her teenage years too, so suffice to say she was definitely having a bit of a rough time.
0: Yeah, to add to all of that, she was also about to have her very first brush with the perils of fame, because on July 22, 2014... Bella found her name in headlines. This was run in TMZ. Real Housewives daughter busted for DUI. Shall we read the opening paragraph of this article? Please. Bella Hadid, the 17-year-old daughter of Yolanda Foster, who appears on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, was arrested early Tuesday morning for a DUI, TMZ has learned. Bella, whose stepdad is legendary music producer David Foster and whose dad is Mohammed Hadid, was driving on PC Highway around 4am when she allegedly blew through a stop sign and almost collided with an LA County Sheriff's Department patrol car. So she almost crashed into a police car. Correct. It went on. Law enforcement sources tell us Bella was pulled over and the deputy detected a strong odour of alcohol oh dear
1: yes Bella blew a 0.14 which is more well over double the legal limit here in Australia despite knowing as a minor that I mean, she's not allowed to have any alcohol in her system at all. She's 17. She needs to be point 0.00. Yes. Well, yes. And also, she's not allowed to drink anyway. Yeah. They can't drink until they're 21. Amazing points, Sarah yeah. McDonald. Yeah. Now, apparently, Bella was also driving on a suspended license. She was arrested on the spot and eventually released into the care of David Foster, who was, of course, her stepdad. But where was Yolanda in all of this? Well, she was in Spain, Mish, with fellow housewife <laughs> Kyle Richards and her family filming for the real housewife housewives which means we actually have the footage of yolanda finding out about bella's dui we also have her recount of the event in her memoir so let's kind of dive into yolanda's point of view here
0: yeah well in the episode from season five of the real housewives of beverly hills yolanda was having a meal with kyle and her family on a yacht in spain when she received a call from david speaking to the producers in a piece to camera yolanda tearfully said i knew something was wrong I knew it was something so serious. This is a really interesting episode to watch, by the way, guys, if you want to go back and look at it. It's fascinating to see someone find out this news in real time. Yolanda revealed to cameras that David was the one to tell her about Bella's DUI. She said she had never felt such a collapse as a parent before. The quote went, I already lost my dad in a car accident. The thought of that... I can't even explain how that feels. It makes you feel so helpless. This would be incredibly triggering given the loss that she already suffered from a motor accident with her father. Of
1: course, the circumstances surrounding Bella's decision to drive under the influence do seem to be that she was at a bonfire at the beach with her friends, that they were drinking wine, and when they realised they needed bottled water, she volunteered to drive to a gas station and buy some. Bella's license was suspended for a year. She was also put on a six-month probation and was ordered to do 25 hours of community service and attend 25 hours of Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Yolanda also sold Bella's car, made her pay for her own legal fees
0: and took her phone away for a month. In her book, Yolanda said that David told her during the phone call on the yacht that the news had already been leaked to TMZ. Yolanda said that Bella's decision made her doubt her parenting skills and made her wonder where she went wrong. The very next day, on a flight back to Los Angeles, Yolanda said she opened her laptop and wrote Bella a letter in an effort to express her feelings. This might be a weird aside, but I am so surprised that Bella Hadid, who at this point in time was not that big of a celebrity, could have her arrest leaked to TMZ before her own mother finds out. Well, it made me think that There
1: must be some direct line, some speed dial from, like, the LA police Mm. and TMZ because these kinds of things just managed to break so fast. Now, when you said that Yolanda opened her laptop and wrote Bella a letter... Our listeners probably are thinking of the letter that we're going to read to you. Now, we have absolutely no idea if the letter that Yolanda is referring to is the same letter that later leaked online and promptly went viral. But I think it's pretty fair to assume that these two letters were probably the same letter,
0: right? Yeah, we don't know for sure. This leaked letter that we're about to read out started circulating online in 2018 And it's pretty infamous now. Like, it's a pretty well-known letter. We're going to read it for you. We don't know with 100% certainty. I would say I'm 90% sure that this is the legit letter.
1: And I do think in these kinds of episodes, 90% sure of you anything. (laughs) Let's run it. All
0: right. Who wants to begin? All right. I'll
1: start. In the leaked letter, Yolanda allegedly called Bella a spoiled, unthankful, unthoughtful, careless human being that is lucky to be alive. It went on and said, what an eye-opening experience to find beer cans, bottles with vodka, bottles with Adderall, rolling papers, dirty clothes, dirty underwear with bloodstains, tampons in your car. I have honestly never seen
0: anything like it. The letter went on, was your life that terrible at home? How can someone as kind, beautiful and smart as you end up in this kind of mess? I have really failed as a mother and that is just the honest truth. I thought you were okay. Am I that stupid and naive or are you that good of a liar? Why? In capital letters, Bella. What have I done to deserve this? I am so freaked out.
1: Yeah, Yolanda really seemed fixated on Bella's messy car too, which doesn't seem to be quite the point. The letter went on. If your car looks the way you feel about yourself, you really need professional help. I need answers and explanations, Bella. Maybe you should live in the university dorm next year and see how real people live in order to appreciate the extraordinary (laughs) life you have lived. She went on, I literally cannot live without you, Bella. If you love me, Gigi and Anwar, you should think about how you conduct yourself. Are you an example of the life you want Anwar to live? Life in my home has changed forever. Poor Anwar, his life is going to be miserable. (laughs) Let's
0: let's unpack things. First of all, it feels very believable that a mother would focus on the mess of a car as being like, to me anyway, as indicating some greater problem. I can imagine my mum wouldn't do it, but I do know some of my friends' mums for sure would point to that and go, this is emblematic of the issues going on in your head. Yeah, it's just a weird thing to focus on considering she was like
1: drink driving. I always love the line, I failed as a mother. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> ultimate one to pull on your uh, heartstrings.
0: But also the focus on Anwar, why is she riding like Anwar is Bella's child? Yeah. Anwar's just her little brother by a couple of years. I'm sure he'll survive. He has survived. <laughs> (laughs) it all right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bella's DUI is probably a good opportunity,
1: though, for us to briefly discuss the kind of interesting dynamic that Yolanda and her kids share. In Believe Me, Yolanda's memoir, the love and respect that the kids have for Yolanda is almost at the forefront all of the time, right? Mm. For example, in the book, Yolanda described a moment when Bella apologized to her for the DUI. Now, here is her recollection of this apology. This is what Bella reportedly said. "Mummy, please believe me when I say from the bottom of my heart I am sorry for what I did. What happened doesn't mean that you're not a good mother, just that kids make mistakes, you know. Mm.
0: What do you make of that? I mean, I
1: always find it funny when parents retell stories from their kids making sure that, like, the kids are excusing them for being a great parent. I don't know. It's Mm. just, like, so earnest. I do think these kids, like, infantilize their mother a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think... Or have in the past, I will say. It's an intense relationship. I do struggle to wrap my head around the dynamic between Yolanda and her three children. It seems quite intense in a way that I find uncomfortable sometimes.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. She certainly, over the years, has had a hold over them. Whether or not she has that same sort of hold Mm. as their older and adult, I don't know. But I definitely feel like around this time, she had a certain
0: hold over them for sure guys after the break we're going to talk to you about bella hadid's rise to fame but first a word from today's sponsor Alright Zara, so Bella's DUI was a blip for sure, it was a mistake, but it didn't stop her from chasing her dreams. She graduated from high school and moved to New York just like her older sister Gigi did. Yeah, Bella was accepted into a photography course at
1: Parsons School of Design and had made the move to New York with the intention of focusing on her studies. But something came up which led her down a different path and that something was modelling. From what we can gather, Bella started modelling at least in part thanks to Yolanda's encouragement and her belief that her children should be financially independent by the time they turn 21. Reflecting on how she started modelling, Bella said this to Teen Vogue in 2014. There wasn't really one time in my life where I was like, I want to be the model. It was more Gigi's thing.
0: In that same interview, Bella did mention that studying photography helped her in her modeling career. She said, I do like being in front of the camera more and more. Having experience behind it has taught me about lighting and angles, how to move and what looks good and what doesn't. Bella was also signed to IMG Models in August 2014, which meant she joined her sister Gigi on their prestigious roster. She made her runway debut walking for Tom Ford in Feb 2015, Gigi also walked in that show. From
1: very early on in Bella's modelling career, the media did compare her to Gigi and she was constantly referred to as Gigi's little sister. I mean, I think anyone who's ever been a little sister Mm. ever will appreciate (laughs) that feeling. Speaking to Seventeen in 2015, Bella said, "'I just have to remind myself that Gigi's been doing this forever. I can't keep comparing myself to her because we are so different. People still love to compare and contrast us. What's better about her? What's not so good about me?' And it's hard because people are really mean. But I am her biggest supporter and she is my biggest supporter. We are not competitive at all.
0: I love that quote. Bella's romantic life was also flourishing after this big move to New York. She was actually spotted at Coachella in 2015 with musician The Weeknd. And rumors quickly popped up that they were an item. When they were first connected, Bella was 19. The Weeknd was 25. Yes, by
1: 2015. The Weeknd was already a massive name in pop and R&B. It was that year that he had released hit singles Can't Feel My Face and The Hills from his album Beauty Behind The Madness, which debuted at the top of the Billboard 200
0: chart. I still remember listening to those songs in my mum's kitchen making eggs. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: I mean, I feel like I've loved The Weeknd's music since oh,
0: they've come out. Like, he put something in those songs that makes truly, them so addictive. they're
1: so buffy. According to an interview with The Weeknd for Rolling Stone, he was attracted to Bella's work ethic and strong relationship with her family. He also mentioned that if he had met Bella two years earlier, he would not have been in a place to maintain a relationship with her. He said, if I'd met someone two years ago, I probably would have fucked it up. But I'm more, how do I say it, clear thinking now. I
0: mean, Bella would have been 17 if they met two years earlier. Yeah, so. so also not good. No, also <laughs> illegal, but good to hear that, that he was in a better place anyway. Bella also featured in the music video for The Weeknd's In The Night that same year. So again, super high profile, super quickly. So just to touch base on where we are at this point. Because there is a lot time. of people we're covering here. There's so a let's a be aware of swear- about that. There's a few characters. We're in 2014, guys. Gigi is one of the biggest models in the world. Bella is dipping her toe into the industry and dating someone Very famous, as is Gigi. They're really just thriving, I think, at being celebrities. Where is Yolanda, though? Because Yolanda has been struggling with her health for some time at this point, and that did not change in 2014.
1: Yes, and it's at this point where we need to talk more about the treatments that Yolanda was publicly getting. In November 2014, she went to South Korea with her best friend Paige to undergo more experimental stem cell therapy with a different doctor. This doctor ostensibly took blood from from the patient and grew healthy stem cells from the patient's blood to then be re-injected into the patient. Mm. Yolanda also had Bella and Anwar's blood samples shipped to South Korea so they could undergo this treatment as well. It was not successful. Yolanda was then prescribed a three-month course of anti-parasitic and anti-malarial drugs but this didn't work either.
0: No. From there onwards, Yolanda hired a personal health concierge to help her keep track of all her treatments and research new ones. She also invested in colonics three days a week and suspected that they were helping her expel parasites, I put that in quotation marks, from her gut. Yolanda then tried more ozone therapy in Tijuana, stem cell therapy in Frankfurt and the Bahamas, and none of that worked long term. I think
1: the most overused line in this episode is not the <laughs> Sorry. We've literally said it about 20 times. In her memoir, Yolanda made the unhelpful comparison between chronic Lyme disease and HIV-AIDS. As she wrote this, Lyme is six times more prevalent than HIV-AIDS was in the early 1980s, but the public awareness about it is virtually non-existent. The world has come such a long way in uniting to help combat AIDS, so why haven't we come together for Lyme? Sorry.
0: This has to be one of the most ignorant things to ever come out of Yolanda's mouth, and she's got some competition in that realm. That's
1: true. It's a competitive space,
0: but that is just
1: a... (laughs) Foolish, foolish thing to say. In response to a speech in which Yolanda made this comparison again, news.com.au writer Shannon Malloy pointed out that AIDS has killed an estimated 35 million people worldwide, while CDC records show that Lyme disease killed 114 people between 1999 and 2003.
0: It's just... It's diabolical that anyone would think that those two situations are comparable. By 2015, Yolanda and her family had been featured on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for three years. By the end of season five, Yolanda found that her illness was being repeatedly questioned by her fellow housewives, particularly Lisa Rinna and another Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump, who famously said, I don't quite understand what's wrong with her. In her memoir, Yolanda wrote this. It was heartbreaking that the women talked behind my back and debated my illness publicly. How could you look at someone who is sick and say you're faking it? Those women lacked much knowledge and consciousness. Sitting on the sidelines for hundreds of days was an experience they've obviously never had. She also said, I have a lot of factual information in the vaults that could discredit the women and their lives, but I've always chosen to work with integrity and point out their strengths instead of their weaknesses. Sounds a little bit like a threat. <laughs> it does. Sounds a lot like a threat. Also,
1: obsessed with only pointing out their strengths but acknowledging there's lots of weaknesses in that vault of yours. Oh god. Because of the popularity of the show and how big of a talking point Yolanda's chronic Lyme diagnosis was amongst the cast members, the media really started to take interest in Yolanda's claims. In January 2015, the Daily Beast posted the now pretty widely shared article with the headline. Real Housewife, Fake Disease. This was written by Daniel Summers, a pediatrician in New England, and the article read as follows. Unlike some prominent doctors, I am reluctant to make diagnoses of patients I have never examined. I don't know what she is suffering from, and I have no reason to doubt that she is truly suffering from something. But with all that said, I have grave concerns that she is getting treated for a condition that doesn't really exist.
0: Dr. Summers went on, I am genuinely sorry for Yolanda Foster, and the very last thing I have any intention of doing is making light of her pain. Her Instagram account is loaded with pictures of her receiving medical treatments of some form of another, and whatever skepticism I may have about her diagnosis doesn't in any way extend to her distress. Whatever the cause, I wish her nothing but a full recovery. However, There is simply no good evidence that chronic Lyme disease is an actual medical condition. As I have written before, while some patients may experience symptoms after appropriate treatment for Lyme, treatment for persistent or recurrent infection has no grounding in legitimate medical science. On this point, the Centers for Disease Control, the National Institutes of Health, and the Infectious Diseases Society of America are all agreed."
1: Dr. Summers went on. I say all of this knowing full well, that by doing so, I am opening the floodgates for all manner of intensely vitriolic commentary. I do not exaggerate when I say that no medical issue, including the bogus link between vaccines and autism, generates such a vociferous response from those who believe in it, as does chronic Lyme. Yolanda Foster's shout-outs to her fellow Limeys fill me with dread, as those very same Limeys are almost certainly going to be calling for my head on a pike.
0: For all intents and purposes, the Daily Beast's Real Housewife Fake Disease article marked the beginning of major public scepticism and debate about Yolanda Hadid's health, particularly when she kept using this phrase, chronic Lyme. Now, no one wants to accuse anyone of peddling a fake illness. No one wants to accuse someone of kind of promulgating harmful treatments. It's a really messy space and you and I are sitting here feeling slightly anxious about doing that as well. But you also can't ignore the facts. By 2015, the facts simply weren't adding up. They were being shared on one of the biggest reality TV programs in the world. And it is absolutely fair enough in my mind that some people, particularly doctors, should be asking questions. Yeah, and I think if this was
1: a private battle, you know, the conversation might be quite different as well. But all of this was so highly publicised and so wildly shared to the point where it was sort of as Dr. Summers said, like it was generating communities around these treatments, that is always worth having a conversation about. Now, an ongoing plot point throughout Season 5 of Real Housewives and Season 6 too involved the other women accusing Yolanda of having Munchausen syndrome, which is essentially a mental illness where a patient pretends to be ill or intentionally makes themselves ill or thinks that they are ill, sort of has convinces themselves, themselves yeah. that they are ill. In her memoir, Yolanda responded to these accusations saying, Munchausen's is such a hurtful word. It infuriates me. Why would anyone make such a distorted and untrue statement in relation
0: to my health journey, especially in front of my friends and millions of viewers? Mm. The thing that Yolanda had did, actually credits for kickstarting her recovery, actually came about in 2015. Now, Yolanda says that she had full body scans, which were done with David's encouragement. And those scans revealed that she actually had a burst breast implant.
1: Yeah. Now, she says after this revelation, she had both implants removed. And throughout her memoir, she explicitly credits this explant surgery as kickstarting her, I guess, quote unquote, remission. Right, Mm. Mish? And says that a doctor that she consulted before the surgery did tell her that the free-floating silicon inside her body was a a huge part of her health problems. I guess for me and for this story, there is slight confusion here because despite saying that the free-floating silicon did cause the majority of her symptoms, Yolanda still insists to this day that chronic Lyme disease is also the cause of all her symptoms, which are appeared to be ongoing but inconsistent.
0: Yeah, it's a there's a question
1: mark here for sure. For sure. It is incredibly confusing. Now, Yolanda's relationship with David did actually hold strong for most of her illness. He was even shown on Real Housewives helping her with various treatments. However, by November 2015, she received a bit of a shock when she called David ahead of his birthday. In her book, she wrote, "As we were about to turn towards the store, I called David to see what he wanted for dinner." Good morning, my love. I said, I'm going to the store. Do you want anything special for tonight? He said, no, I'm going out with my daughters and we need to talk. Jesus. David replied in a tone so cold, shivers ran through my body. Even though I didn't know what he was referring to, my gut told me it was bad.
0: Yikes. In her memoir, Yolanda speculated on the reason for David's coldness. She wrote, I assumed that his birthday made him realize that he had two separate lives, one with his sick wife and another with his daughters. Rightfully so, he was struggling with this scenario. Although this was his fourth marriage unfortunately this was the same old foster movie and i was just a new leading lady i felt like a visitor in david's environment while i was fighting to stay alive if you're in your fourth marriage and you're kind of just checking out at what point do you turn around and go i need to deal with some commitment things we'll stop getting married yeah (laughs) i mean yeah maybe
1: Or, or keep getting married who cares or if you're listening david you
0: do you. Yeah, well, that's the other part
1: of it. <laughs> Yolanda wrote in her book that there wasn't a formal conversation about their split, which I find pretty wild. She said, instead of coming home to me and working on our problems, he blatantly checked into the peninsula Beverly Hills, a hotel two and a half miles down the road from our condo. I'd already learned that David dealt with emotions by cutting off all communication and performing a well-oiled disappearing Ooh. act. Yet, not hearing from him was devastating. Not even a text saying, I need space, so I'm at a hotel. Instead, it was complete and utter silence. Yes, I get that David married a lemon, but isn't that what marriage is all about? In sickness and in health.
0: You can't leave your wife by ghosting her. That's so
1: weird. During this period of separation, David and Yolanda's fourth wedding anniversary passed with little fanfare. Yolanda reflected on the occasion in her book, writing, "'Although I was seeing another side to David, I still loved him and I didn't want this once very special day to go unnoticed, so I sent him flowers.'" Late that night, I received a bouquet in return with a note that said 11-11 was a special day. X-O, David. This was the final rose and it was clear that everything good was gone.
0: (sighs) According to Yolanda, when David returned to their home to pick up some of his clothes, she tried to engage him in conversation. But it was then that she says he said this, Your sick card is up. That enraged Yolanda. She wrote... How did he come up with such an unkind statement? David has seen me at my lowest possible point and yet he was thinking I was playing a sick card. What happened to the sweet husband who ran my point and hooked up my daily IV antibiotics when this started? God, imagine your partner looking at you and saying your sick card is up. Brutal. Clearly David was feeling the same way as a lot of the real housewives of Beverly Hills were feeling.
1: Correct. David Foster denied that Yolanda's sickness was the reason behind the end of their marriage. During his Netflix documentary, David Foster Off the Record, he said, how could I leave a sick woman? The fact of the matter is that is not the reason I left. It was for a different reason, which I will never disclose, but it had nothing to do with her being sick. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> tell us.
1: What is that reason them?
0: The couple announced their split publicly in December 2015. Their divorce was finalised in 2017. Yolanda moved out into a new condo in Los Angeles and called it her healing space when it was featured at the end of season six of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, Yolanda and David's separation actually happened to coincide with one of Gigi's biggest career highlights to date. She walked in the 2015 Victoria's Secret fashion show. As we know, the Victoria's Secret
1: fashion show doesn't exist anymore. Well, it was recently announced to be coming back, but doesn't exist in the form we remember Mm. it. But as we know, it was also absolutely massive. It was the biggest deal for a model like Gigi in 2015 and huge for her career. For example, in 2014, the year before Gigi made her debut with Victoria's Secret, the fashion show was watched by an audience of 9.29 million people just in the US. And I think that number alone gives a pretty good indication of how huge the show was at this point in time when Gigi was cast.
0: Yeah, and how huge it would be for your career to walk in it. Now, in the 2015 broadcast of the show, Gigi got a fair bit of time in front of the camera. Besides her time on the runway, there was also behind the scenes footage of Gigi's callback audition for the show. And that clip actually, ended up going quite viral at the time. You might remember it. Gigi is told that she will be walking in the 2015 fashion show and promptly falls to her knees and starts crying. It's a I mean, think what you will about Victoria's Secret fashion shows. We're not going to get into that here. It is sweet to see a woman so excited about a career opportunity.
1: I agree with that. The weekend was scheduled to perform in the 2015
0: Victoria's Secret fashion show
1: and the broadcast included another clip of Gigi in the car on the way to the rehearsal saying, the weekend is like a brother to me. He's dating my little sister. So yeah, it's a little weird walking past your sister's boyfriend in lingerie, but it's going to be great. (laughs) I appreciate that they acknowledge those awkward parts of it. Yeah, I enjoy that too. Yeah, it's good. Although television ratings were down in 2015, they came in at 6.59 million, the show was still a really big deal for Gigi, who was still comparatively at the beginning of her career. Ahead of the show being broadcast, because as we remember, it was shot, and there was probably about a month between when it was Mm. shot and when it broadcast, the Washington Post ran an article with the headline, How Did Gigi Hadid Become Such a Thing? explaining the new Victoria's Secret supermodel.
0: The piece read, Hadid projects an image of the girl next door who just happens to be pals with lots of famous people. She's candid about her star-studded friend circle. Some of her closest friends include Kendall Jenner and Taylor Swift, making her jet-set life seem completely casual. The
1: piece went on. As of Tuesday night, Hadid will make headlines for her appearance on the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which happened, her family wants you to know, after she was rejected twice by the brand. So she understands failure, just like us. <laughs> The article from The Washington Post also coincidentally brings us up to date with Gigi's dating life at this point in time. It said Hadid continues to be in the news for any number of reasons, including her series of famous boyfriends, such as Australian pop star Cody Simpson, singer Joe Jonas and a rumoured current flame ex One Directioner, Zayn Malik.
0: Guys, we are going to cover the official ending of Gigi's relationship with Cody Simpson, her briefling with Joe Jonas, and then her romance with Zayn Malik in our next episode of Scandal. Oh boy, are there lots of scandals to come. <laughs> Guys, thank you
1: so much for listening. A big thank you to our researcher Eilish Gilligan, for working on this one with us. If you want to support the show, you know what to do. Click follow on Spotify or on Apple
0: Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That helps other people find us. Yeah, and tell a friend. If you love listening to Scandal, tell a mate about us. Share our show in text messages or at the office today. We'd really appreciate it. Otherwise, we'll be back in your ears on Thursday. Bye.